Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, City Life. What's going on? You guys feeling okay? I woke up at six. Crystal told me it was snowing, and I went and took a shower, and then I got time I got out, it wasn't snowing anymore. So I, I've heard about the myth, the legend that it's snowing today. And I think that's okay, because that's kind of like the theme of today, because theme of today is all about us bearing fruit, and life tries to stop your shine to get you to bear fruit, right? If you plant a garden and it snows, things get frostbit, the crop might be in jeopardy. And in life, you can grow and start to begin your journey, and then life happens, temptations, distractions, and then you get frostbite a little bit, and you don't grow the way you want to. And so you got to be intentional today to really lean in and want to experience something more than just um, getting by. I pray and I believe that something exciting is going to happen for people. Oh, thank you guys. They, they, they recognize my height, um, vertically challenged a little bit. They're like, let me, I tell them I want the smaller one. Because you know what I do on the bigger one? I kind of like let nobody know. I'm like, they're like this. I'm like, yeah. you know, it's like, that's what I do. Well, welcome. We love you. We genuinely love what God is doing in here. And it's really because it's about people. We love the community that's being built here and want to extend uh, just, just that love from myself, the leadership team, and everyone part of the dream team. We love you. My name is Jerome. Uh, my wife, Crystal's back in the little kids. And um, it's just awesome what God is doing here. I'm so impressed to be a part of such something so powerful. That dance uh, routine was so cool because we're all gifted differently. And at City Life, we always want to encourage and champion these different types of gifts. Some of you, you can paint. Some of you, you can listen really well. Some of you, you might be able to write a blog or a poem. And some of you, you dance with some uh, neon green hats on. And that's okay. We're all different. Let your gifts shine. Rooted is vital for survival. You might have seen these as you walk in over the last few weeks. This is the Get Rooted Manual. And every single person, uh, we encourage to take one home and read it. Right? Like a Bible isn't for show and get rooted isn't for just like to, to, for show either. It's to grow in God's word. And this is a tool and guides and how these roots connect and help you grow in your life. And we've been talking about root one, understanding what does it mean to be saved? Root two, connecting with the source and growing deep roots in Jesus, abiding in him. Really, that's the essence of life is to be connected back with our maker. And then root three, being rooted in the local church, which isn't a building, but is a people group of what God's doing in his family and that we are better together. And that is something so profound and so powerful. And then today we're gonna to be talking about bearing fruit and how they all connect and intertwine. So let's go. My prayer is that you would, with your connect card today, sign up for something. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, everyone. Because I hope that you don't want to sign up today because of something that I invite you in, but what, something that you'll see that God is writing into the fabric of your story, his story, and all of scripture. That we're going to see some normative things that all Christian believers have as they walk it out as a Jesus follower to connect with the Lord. So you'll, that will be on your connect cards. We'll make sure we have the giving team. So giving team, if you can hear me at the end, get a bunch of connect cards for people that didn't grab them on the way in that, you know, they got the swag thing going on like, I'm straight. I'm straight, I don't need one. But that's okay, because then the Holy Spirit's gonna speak, and you might have a prayer request at the very least by the end of service here. We want to pray for you. So please hear that um, loud and clear. You'll see some bananas on the stage. I, um, 
Uh, this one looks like just about a, two days away, you can make banana bread with it. I love banana bread for the record. And did you know something that's so interesting about bananas? And, and somebody can test me on this. Anybody want to try one of bananas? Anybody want to test me? You got one? Okay, let's see if we can make this happen, okay? Oh, okay, we're round two, round two, where we got? I'm going to go for the far one. Woo, yes! I was, a, I was a D minus on that one. That was a great throw. That was a great throw. And hey, I want you to try those bananas and tell me, Tell me if they taste like an orange or an apple. I just, you can begin to try it. Just tell me if it tastes like an orange or an apple. It, what's it taste like? Because these are, these are experiment bananas. I, we need to know. What's that? A mango? It tastes like a mango? What's it taste like a what? Uh, no, what would what, you say it really tastes like? Exactly. Ten times out of ten, bananas taste like bananas. Ten times out of ten, Christians don't taste like Jesus. And I hope today that we lean in to really um, be captivated by if people were to taste our lives, does it reflect him? And it doesn't mean we're perfect, but when we bear fruit and when we abide with the Father, they should recognize that we're imperfect and we're just another beggar trying to show all the other beggars where we got the bread from. And that's what's exciting when we let people into this journey, this experience of the fruit of the Spirit and then it manifesting. We're going to turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to have it on the screen if you want to read along. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Anyone else fall short to this sometimes? I could probably read like this for some days. The fruit of Jerome is anger, disappointment, uh, hostility, lack of patience, not very nice, um, not always into good things. Sometimes I'm a little volatile, not always gentle, and definitely not self-controlled. And against such things, that's how Jerome operates. That's kind of how we could read it about our lives sometime, isn't it? Jesus wants us to do something so practical this morning, abide in him. Bearing fruit is simply a byproduct of abiding in Jesus. Root two was the taproot, that Jesus is the source of life. That he's the strongest root that grows right down in the center of our lives is the word picture. And that as he has everything of us and as we give up everything, all other things grow off of him. And it just happens really organically. And today I hope though that you'll get some practical imagery, some practical steps of how this manifests. When we've been studying um, just Jesus followers all across the nation and even world when we were looking at develop and get rooted, one of the things we wanted to know is, okay, can you really taste the fruit of the Spirit? Right, because that's intangible. Love, joy, gentleness, peace, kindness, that's kind of intangible. That could be subjective to your decision and, and this person's decision. But like, can you really see some things in somebody's life that's changed? And the truth is you can't. And we define it by this. We define it as um, to serve, share, and give. And, and I want to go to John 15, 5, because this is where we draw our life from. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. We all want to bear some fruit today. Come on. We want to bear good fruit too. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's pretty bold. And what that means is that apart from God, eternally we have no significance unless we're rooted in Jesus. It's pretty humbling, but it's so calibrating. It's liberating for those that need to be set free. It's like, you know what? It's not about my shine. It's about his shine through me. That's what we need to get clear today, that the gospel changes us. It transforms us. The good news that we have been 
accepted in our lowest state and that we've been forgiven while we put our faith in Jesus and we've gotten his best score, his fruit. So our anger, our disappointment, our sins, our regret, our pain, people don't have to taste that us now. In that light, they can taste us in a whole new expression that we're just going bananas for Jesus, okay? Going bananas. And so the temptation is to get comfortable and to not want to bear fruit. is to say, I'm good, I got my Jesus thing going on. And some of you are like, I don't even know, I don't got my Jesus thing going on yet. Well, I want to invite you that Jesus is the one you've been looking for. But here's the coolest part. You weren't looking for him. He's been searching the planets and the depths of this universe for you. And he loves you so much and so intimately. And he wants to give you, a, give you himself and then invite you into his great story. There's a saying that says, love God, love people, prove it. And Zach wrote a blog this week. It said, love God, love people, mean it. And that last part, we really have to say, do we? Do we want to prove it and do we want to mean it? And, and today, I want to give you a warning or a disclaimer. If you work this backwards, we're in trouble. Because as we talk about bearing fruit, if we work it backwards, we become legalists and we become religious people that point fingers at people. But if we work this from the place of origin, which is the gospel, the good news in Jesus, that he accepted me at my lowest state as a sinner and he's given me new life, so now, therefore, I'm responding to that and I'm manifesting new qualities. And these qualities we've seen, whether it, it's in Bogota, Colombia, or it's down in Florida, is there is like almost benchmarks that you can see in every believer's life that when they bear fruit, they serve radically. They share the good news to other people and then they're giving radically. So these, the fruit of the spirit becomes tangible that you can see it, you can taste it, you can feel it, you can smell it. So that's why I want to encourage you in today is to get rooted and to bear fruit and that people would eat the glimpse of Jesus. Because in James chapter two, here's where it says, our faith, if it's dormant alone, is dead. So also by faith by itself, it does not have works, is dead. Is dead. Faith, natural byproduct of it is a response. Because when you see Jesus for who he is, you're just so compelled. You ever fallen in love with uh, a, a, a certain hobby? No one had to twist your arm to go get all the things that that hobby needed. When I fell in love with NBA Jam, no one had to tell me how to get to Pinball Pete's. I was going to figure out a way. When Jesus changed my life, I wanted to learn what his desires were and just knocking and beating on his door. And I pray that that's you today. Maybe you never saw it like that. I pray that you get a new glimpse and a new vision. Because ultimately, we have to think like this in mind. What would you want people to say about you at your funeral? I think all of us would want us to, them, them to say that they focused on other people. That at the work, they, at workplace, they added value. And at home, they were always so forgiving and giving. And I don't think a lot of us would ever want anything written about what we did or our self because there's something supernatural that happens when you take off the lid and you soar so high and you start to put others' interests above you. That's what bearing fruit does. It says, I love Jesus so much, I'm gonna put other people higher than me. So the, the banner, the umbrella for this message is Philippians 2. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. The interests of others. Come on. You were made to produce. You were made to be an owner. You were made to engage. You were made to work. And you were made 
to be gifted and use that in the Lord and for the Lord. And this message will wreck you. It'll change your life if you let it, because it changed my life. I remember the first time I heard that my life could be used to add value to other people more than the first framework and the first starting point was people adding value to me. And I need Jesus, that's it. He's given me everything, so I'm found. I'm fully complete in him. So now, therefore, my daily rhythm is trying to help other people. And that's not easy because the flesh is at war with this. The flesh doesn't want it. The flesh wants to say, man, it's about me. Can't somebody serve me today? Can't somebody come to my house and give me something? Why do I have to give something? But hear this out. I've never been disappointed a day that I served in him. Never. I've never been disappointed when when I have um, done something for somebody else because it is blessed when we give. It's better to give than it is to receive. And, and I got even tested on this in the morning. We were walking in the parking lot. I looked down and I saw this little tiny sucker stick and I walked past it and I was like, ownership, bearing fruit, serving. The sucker stick. All right, let's go. This will like haunt you when you really believe it. You go to public restrooms, you, anywhere you go and you're gonna add value now. How are you gonna leave the place worse than when you found it? Like sometimes it's belligerent. You just see some people, you're like, dude, are you, Really? Like, that's just your MO? Because maybe they weren't wrecked. Maybe they weren't given the same amount of grace. Today, I pray that God's gonna give you new grace. He's gonna give you a new vision that you can start to see how you can add value. There shouldn't be trash that we walk by. It's as simple as that. Why? Not because we wanna be professional trash picker-uppers. We don't think that that can save anybody. You know, environmentalists do that, and that leads no one to heaven. It's what this, Jesus is so good, he doesn't not pick up things. He doesn't not love people. He doesn't just walk by things. He constantly is reaching and leading and and just do it, man, you know? So, yo, that's where we're at. So let's bear fruit, let's serve, let's share, and let's give. So today we're talking about serving, sharing, and giving. First up, serving on deck. So if you got a notebook or you got something or you got a great photographic memory, cool. Three points I want you to get today. Serving, sharing, and giving. So first, serving. Why serve? Let's look at Matthew 20. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slaves. Even as the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We serve because Jesus served, period. Period. Yes, we're not Jesus, but he lives in us. And so the highest standard we have is a king who rules the universe, who is there at creation, steps down, into the mess, into the sin. He steps down, dies a sinner's death. He takes the punishment and he serves constantly along the way because the son of man didn't come, Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. So when we show up, do we come to be served or do we come to serve? This plays out in a Star Wars behind the scenes footage I watched. I saw this, they were making these puppets and they were so excited about these puppets. They were like, oh, we've been working two years on this puppet design and look, and these people were just so excited. We're part of this world changing movement, Star Wars, and we are changing the globe and we're gonna be in the film. And for some of them, they were only gonna be in the film like six seconds and some of them, they, they're in, it's not even them, it's, the, it's their character, right? And I was fascinated to see how engaged and unified they were to make puppets that would be on the film to change the world. And when I sometimes look at my own heart, I'm disappointed to take a sign outside for people to meet Jesus that will change their life for eternity, which is the only thing that will change the world, Jesus. 
when we look at serving, we look at it like have to. I want you to look at it like get to. Change the world. Get to. That Jesus sees everything. Jesus left heaven, came down, servant leadership. He lives in you. We serve Jesus when we serve each other. If we love God today, it manifests itself by serving each other. It's the Kurt Rambis factor. It's a mullet and it's glasses and it's weird looking and you're like, what in the world? Kurt Rambis factor. What is Kurt Rambis about? Kurt Rambis is about winning championships, okay? Kurt Rambis has more championships than Magic Johnson. Who knows Magic Johnson? Right, everyone know Magic Johnson? Magic! Who knew Kurt Rambis? Not everybody, some did. Kurt Rambis has got four titles with Magic and he's got four as a coach. He's got eight titles total. Why? Because he played his role. He understood the significance of a team. He understood how to serve effectively with the measure of grace that he was given. And that illustration plays out in our life as we look to serve people. Together, everybody achieves more. You maybe heard that team, T-E-A-M. Together, everybody achieves more. And there's no I in team. But I'll tell you what, there is a me. There's an E and there's an M. And there's a me. And you got to flip that junk. you got to get that out of you and get the me monster gone. And you just got to humble yourself. And what happens is when we do this, we're part of something that really can change the world and we can win championships. The local church is the greatest place on earth. You know, you stand so much taller with someone on your shoulders. Get flipped this morning. Ephesians 6 talks about how we work unto the Lord with a smile to our face no matter where we're at. It even says slaves submit to their, their master's because as someone who works unto the Lord. And you've seen this play out through history. Radical Jesus followers that were abused and persecuted and that had a hope so strong beyond their current setting. And I'll tell you what, this is challenging. Because sometimes when I get persecuted, man, I almost turned up at my kid's soccer game on Saturday. I was like, yo, I need to, I need to get back down to abide because I was a little aggravated by the attack I was getting for that moment. I felt like it was unjustified, like a parent moment. This scripture in Ephesians 6 is literally talking about slaves to their masters and working. And sometimes your boss isn't always great and polite, but we are above it because we're validated by Jesus. This is hard, but it's so good. It's so right. It's so true. Be liberated today and bear the right type of fruit and think about how can you do something that's so significant? And I'll tell you what, it happens at home. It happens everywhere you go. And it happens right here in this family at City Life. We want you to join the dream team. Join the dream team. I know the resistance and I know the, the obstacles you face. The obstacles are like, well, I don't sing or I, I, don't, I don't have enough time to get here early. And I'd say this, can you do something? Can you do one thing? Because I think something happens when we start to commit. I think we get liberated and we start to serve like Jesus. And it's a small reminder for us about what the Lord did. Like church cannot become this consumer, consumer mantra where it's just us. Let him heal you and let him heal you even sometimes serve through your pain. My worst day is sometimes when I just show up, God shows off. I just want to brag on some of our dream team. You know, you see the dream team back there. You got Matt Horn behind the soundboard. Matt Horn's over there. I I know, I know. Yeah, you can give it up for Matt Horn. He's he's up there every week. I'll tell you what. Are you the next Matt Horn? Maybe you want to learn the soundboard. We need more. We, We want to build an army here. We want to see so many people coming to Jesus where we're just going to have to have two services or whatever because ultimately it's about people learning and growing in God belonging with Jesus. You know, you walk in and you see the team that's set up and the greeters and all those people. Is that you? Are you the next greeter? There's right now people holding your babies and they're praying over them. And some of them are crying and they're thinking of every technique 
Is that you one time a month? Is that you once every two months? What is that? Join the dream team, get excited, help carry babies, kiss babies, pray over babies, put up signs and volunteer and do so much more. Volunteer in the schools with us. So join the dream team. There is a reason for everything and you are here for a reason. I know that's uncomfortable, but it's just true. God wants to ignite you and it's right. He wants to change your life. He wants you to give up the junk. He wants to change your whole world. And it's kind of like the Lego song. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome. That's in somebody's head. Go low and grow. Number two, sharing. Revelation 12, 11, there's something so powerful with your words and your story and God's story. And they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Talking about believers that are so sold out that share their story, share God's gospel, God's story, even unto death, because this place is not our home. It's eternal mindset. It's an eternal win. It's so much different than Star Wars. And see, news, when you have something good, it would be cruel not to share it. If you knew where someone's lost relative was that they'd been looking for, and you, didn't, and you withheld the information, that would be cruel. If you knew where people's lost savior was and withheld the information that could set them free to belong now and to be fully validated and to have an eternal home, that would be cruel, right? See, the good news is so compelling. Why are we silent? We have to go public with it. Because it's way better than winning a million dollars. And I already know right now, if I looked on someone's Facebook page, if you won a million dollars, like, man, it'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. It'd be every post for like a month, right? It'd be all the thing you talk about. Well, think about new life in Jesus. And I know it's hard because you don't see it every second, but that's really what we're talking about. It's forever. It's eternal. It's the greatest news ever. It's the greatest love story. So be compelled by that love, not compelled by fear, but compelled for people to be found. And, and then you're used intricately and intimately in a moment when you're with somebody and interacting with them that you just start to begin to learn their story. And oftentimes that starts with asking questions. Hey, tell me about your life. Tell me. And every person you interact because to, to give them freedom is beautiful. And God wants to use you as an instrument to speak, to speak, to constantly speak the good news, to share it, to share his gospel that we are lost, but in Jesus we are found. And you can just look at somebody dead in the face and you don't have to feel the pitfalls. Number one pitfall we'll feel is fear of rejection. Well, let's eliminate that today because Jesus accepts you. Two, ah, oh, guilt, I'm not perfect. Well, let's eliminate that because it's not your story, it's his story. Your story just simply looks like this. Here's what my life was. Here's how Jesus is beautiful to me. Here's what I do now in Jesus. But let me tell you why Jesus is really the key to the story. It's not anything to do with me. Because I can sit up here and talk about my story. I mean, I mean what, it's cool. It's going to be harder than some of yours, not as hard as some people's. And, and, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's not about my story that changed anything. It's about Jesus' story. So please hear Jesus calling you today and him calling you to tell other people about his goodness. And then three, the other pitfall would be you don't see any immediate change, so you don't want to share the good news. Don't buy it. It's a temptation to get you to stop from bringing freedom to somebody else because you don't have to make it grow. The temptation that they won't be changed, we don't have to carry. Scripture talks about that one plants and one waters, that's our job. 
but God makes it grow. It's not a cop-out, it's just the truth. It's liberating. It's liberating because you and me aren't God. And so if we go around thinking we have to win every soul and we have to change the whole world, we don't have to. What we have to do is bloom with the people that are in our life in proximity. The people that God's given us is way more important than any Star Wars film anyone will ever work on. And when you're helping a kid that nobody knows and nobody sees, Jesus sees and Jesus knows and Jesus wants to use you and he's happy, he's pleased. It's better than the NBA draft. It's better than Kurt Rambis. And so you can be a part of that. God's amazing, miraculous redemption. The greatest miracle ever is salvation. And you can just share that good news and watch what he does. He can change everything. So seize the moment. When I think about seizing the moment, I think about uh, my wife and Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz was a, a championship coach for um, the, the Notre Dame um, Fighting Irish. And my wife at this time in our marriage, I think we were like a few years in, and she told me Lou Holtz was going to be speaking at this convention for her work. And I said, well, you got to go up to Lou Holtz. She said, people are meeting Lou Holtz, they're getting autographs. I said, you're going to go up to him. She goes, I'm not going up to him. And I said, you're going to go up to him and you're going to tell him this. Say, my husband is inspired by you. He, lo- he knows you're a Christian and he loves the way you add value. And he's been learning from you from a distance for, for years. And, and also his family's from Ohio and used to coach for the Buckeyes. And she goes, I'm not doing any of that. Crystal did all of that, got a signed thing that said, Jerome, you're a champion, just like the Buckeyes, and we, uh, just something like love or something, Lou Holtz, and then she took this picture. I had to remind Lou, though, she was my wife. He was looking, I mean, it's just like, they're a little close here. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? But anyways, um, it was so cool because she seized the moment, right? So seize the moment, seize the opportunities. I know this is challenging at Big B. I know this is challenging at Meyer, and I know this is challenging when you go out to eat. They're like, do I share with them? Don't I share with them? Do it. Just ask God. Just ask God. The Holy Spirit is a great, you know, orchestrator. And then the third point here on how to bear fruit is giving. And this is the one that blood boils quicker than anything. Because it's like, are we about to talk about money? Yes, we are. Not because I think we should talk about money, but because Jesus thinks we should talk about money because he is very concerned about your and my well-being and what the effects of money has on us. So questions and thoughts we have, like, well, does God say anything about money? Yes. Do I have to donate money? Well, you don't have to. If I give money, do I get rich? Like, that's a big one. And if I, I want more money, like, I can't give today, but I can give tomorrow. Like, one day I'm gonna be this big giver. But doesn't that start today with a little bit? So let's start to look at this, the types of giving. You know, there's, there's, there's what people would call a t- the tithing, which is 10% of someone's income. Well, there's a misconception to this because we think somehow that the, the, the tithing is like this religious that I have to, that it, it has to, but that is not what happened. And in Malachi, you had God's people that were robbing and withholding everything from God and they weren't supporting the ministry. So God had to rebuke them in that moment. So this is where even the tithing mindset comes from. And not only was a tithe just 10%, it was like there were so many other provisions of, of their resources that they would use to, to, to promote God's mission in his kingdom. So it was never just 10%. So someone who's like, okay, well, is it 10% or isn't it 10%? Well, hopefully I'm going to help to unpack and bring some clarity to this. But just get off a number for a minute and get invited to how Jesus sees this. He sees it as a love story. Some of us have seen money misused and We've seen uh, organizations not handle things right, and, and, uh, and that, stuff like that has happened throughout the course of history. But just because sex has gotten misused, and just because teachers have misused the schooling education process, doesn't mean that there's not truth there. 
And so how we view money is imperative on actually our health and our well-being. So today, the giving portion of, of bearing fruit is freedom. It's liberating for us. God wants to set you free on how you view money. When you think about somebody that has a lot of money, do you see them as, as you're aggravated by them? Like, oh, they, they, you know, they're just part of the wealthy club? No, that's God's freedom and blessing for them. Most wealthy people I've met, they're amazing with money and they use it for great things. And I've met people that have no money that they use their money still for great things. So there's so many misconceptions that happens with money. As we look at money, we have to look at Matthew 6. Jesus is talking, and when Jesus is talking, we gotta be listening. And he says this, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. So this is a great investment portfolio. So if you have an investment portfolio, whether it's small, large, or indifferent, the whole key is that you want it to grow and you want it to be secure. We don't want any volatility. Well, what God is saying here is that your investment portfolio, at one point, it could not be secure on this planet. And it doesn't always mean it's going to uh, be protected and grow. But I know a place that can is when you invest in the kingdom of God and when it's eternal. That's the place that nothing can touch it, nothing can rot. And it's so beautiful. For where your treasure is, hear this, where your treasure is, where your Jordans are, where your house is, where your boat is, wherever that is, okay, where your money is, there your heart will be also. See, money follows our heart. And there's a battle and an opposition we see in verse 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. No one or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Does it get any clearer? Does it get any clearer? You cannot serve God and money. And I've seen the effects of this firsthand. If you search for money, it doesn't, leave, it doesn't do anything great. But if you, seek, if you search, uh, seek God first, he gives you money sometimes. And you can just give it to, to, to things that are amazing. You can use it as a tool. You can be a steward of it. You can be um, constantly engage for what God wants to do through you, but you can't worship money. You can't. You can't worship money. The, in fact, God gives a radical warning to worshiping money. See, money follows our heart, and you could be rich and be righteous. You could be rich and be wicked. You could be poor and be righteous, and you could be poor and be wicked. The issue is the heart. What do you do with it? What do you do with the money? And Jesus gives this crazy, radical warning. He talks about in Matthew 7 that, that those that, um, that you know, the, the, by, just by their fruit, that based upon their fruit, if it's good fruit or bad fruit, they will be cast out of the kingdom or not. And then also you see in Scripture the, the, the warning is the love of all money is a root to all kinds of evil. Money is not the issue. It's the root of money that leads to all kinds of evil. And so that's pretty serious when we think about it. And I love in Mark 12, it says, as they sat down in opposite of the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering. So just envision this today. Today when people are gonna give and it's an opportunity to support what God is doing in city life and, 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 and how we are, our vision here to reach the city and to seek people and to be a place where people can come from all races, all backgrounds and can belong here. And you'll see people support that. But here's what God says. And they'll put offering into a box. Many rich people will put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and he says this, 
Truly, I say to you, the poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she has to live on. Sounds pretty clear. That it's not about the amount, it's about the heart. And I love God because he grades on a curve. And for some of us, faithfulness looks like $10,000. Like today, somebody could be like, you know what? I'm challenged. I, I could give 10 grand and that's, that's, maybe that's faith for me. And somebody else could say, you know what? $10 is faith for me. But do we give unto the Lord? That's the key here. That's the key to all this. Abiding is just responding. And God so desperately wants to free us of money because living is giving. It is. Living is giving. The Pharisees, they were rebuked by Jesus so strong in Matthew 23, and he says, Woe to you, Pharisees and scribes, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done with not neglecting the others. So you could give and neglect what's really on God's heart, people. That's what this is all about, people. It's about investing in what God cares about. I want to read some quotes of giving that just, I think, are, I think they're zingers that challenge me. They're just like, zing. It's like this. God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. A lack of generosity refuses to acknowledge that your assets are not really yours, but God's. Choose rather to want less than to have more. I love the gospel. It changes our hearts. And this is tough in America. Come on. We want big houses. Earn as much as you can. Save as much as you can. Invest as much as you can. And give as much as you can. Investing is not bad. Saving is not bad. Having nice things, they're not bad. It's what you do with it. My take on tithing is America, this is good, is that it's a middle class way of robbing God. Tithing to the church and spending the rest on your family is not a Christian goal, it's a diversion. The real issue is how shall we use God's trust fund, namely all we have for his glory? In a world with so much misery, what lifestyle should we call our people to live? What example are we setting? John Piper. One of the greatest missing teachings in the American churches today is that the reminder to men and women that nothing we have belongs to us. And I'll end with that quote. That's all giving is. It's just saying, making yourself available. All this is serving, sharing, and giving. It's saying, God, uh, my life is yours. Use me. Everything you've given me um, is for you. Use me. I want to call the worship team up front. We're going to close here. And I want to uh, just give us an opportunity to respond. And a way we can respond is I hope that you would join. Um, I hope you join the dream team. I do. I hope that you would share the gospel with somebody this week and not feel like you're forced to, but just let it come out of this organic lifestyle. And I hope today that you would join the adventure today of giving. And I don't know the amount. I don't know. But I know this, like God wants to liberate you and wants to free you of how you view money. He wants you to start thinking about it differently as a tool and to use people. And I know it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to give out a lack. God in Matthew 6, after he said, store up your treasures in heaven, he goes on to say, he takes care of the birds. Is he not going to take care of you? Something happens when faith, I remember sometimes Crystal and I, our craziest seasons, and she's been amazing with this. When she gave our wedding money, we felt like we needed to give it to a project. Uh, you know, gave, uh, I remember one time, like a whole 
like we had this huge sales deal we got and it was like 10K and, and it's just like, oh, yep, let's give the whole amount. And, and I don't say that to, I say that to inspire you. Like we understand the challenge. And sometimes the temptation was to put it off till tomorrow, right? Like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow and I'll start tomorrow and maybe next week. And, oh, that was good. They tugged on me today. But uh, I would just say, start somewhere. Be faithful. Start and, and be consistent. Don't be more consistent to consumers than you are to Jesus and his mission and his kingdom. That's why they had to rebuke God's people in Malachi. Like, you're robbing God of the tithe. And so for our family, it is. It does look like that. It looks like at least 10% because we want to be faithful with the percentage. And so when we get a check, we're just like, hey, I'm going to text to give. I'm going to text to give quick. Because I don't even, it's not mine. And I'll tell you, I don't know if something magical happens. I know this though. God has been providing for me. Supernaturally. All the time. And he's been like, changed my view of how I look at money. I don't worship it. And I, all the people I know that are big givers, they're taken care of. Most of the people I know that are struggling, they don't give. And so I would be remiss as a, as a leader in Jesus to just tell you what he thinks of money. This isn't even me, like, for real. This place got set up without you, but we could do more with you. This place is running monthly, like, without some of you, but, like, we need you. And so please hear that. Like, Jesus is inviting you into his story because we're better together and we could do more for this city and do more in this region. It's been on my heart. Like, I saw this week, uh, there was two, um, uh, two different shootings this week, again, there's shootings a lot, and sometimes we're just like, oh, it's another article, another article. Like, this is our home. This is where people live in this region. And even if you live in, like, Williamston or Dansville, or you still come to Lansing. Like, it's your city. And so when we say love the city, it's still your city. When we think about investing in people, and we think about what the Dream Team's doing here, it's like, we need you to invest in these people. We need you to get closer to these people. We need you to open businesses by these people, because here's why. We gotta get them a part of the greater story. Give them a better vision. Give them a better vision of what Jesus wants to do in their life. That a gun or some drugs isn't their greatest vision. That isn't what God wants to do for them. God wants to do so much more. And that's what we believe here. So as we close, I want us to think about bearing fruit and to bloom and to activate. To bloom right where we're at. Because Satan wants to rob you of the joy of serving. He wants to rob you of the joy of sharing. And he definitely wants to rob you of the joy of giving. Because it is better to give than it is to receive. We watch this play out all the time with our three-year-old daughter when we go to give away her clothes. We're trying to teach her this principle. No, no, I wear that. I wear that one all the time. No, you don't. You never wear that. Because that little kid is still inside of us. It's that battle still inside of us that wants to calculate everything. Ask the Holy Spirit what he's thinking about stuff. Great stuff happens. We never lose investing in people. I believe that. I do. I believe that. We just never lose. And it's hard. I'm hard to love. You're hard to love. It's hard to invest in people, but it's worth it. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for um, City Life here. I thank you for people that are maybe visiting for their first time. They come in this place with a lot of pain. Some that have been, um, got some that have been molested, some that have been beaten, some that have been abused verbally people that have been taken advantage of I pray that they would hear you say that you love them for them to come home and to abide with you and begin the journey and the adventure being rooted in you 
that they would just say, you know what, I give up God. I lose my life for yours. Take me as I am. Jesus, I trust your work, not my work. It's by grace. It is finished. Hallelujah. That's good. And for us that are being challenged to serve more, we're being challenged to share with people when we know we've been silent. We're challenged to just give up thinking that money will make us happy. It won't. I pray that our heart would be connected to your heart, Jesus, and it would follow you as you lead. It would follow you as you lead us in an example of servanthood, as you lead us in proclamation, and as you lead us in what it looks like to give. God, thank you for the people here. Root us. We are better together. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.